4: Good afternoon. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host, Josh Applebaum on the East Coast, live from Boston. Uh, Josh, so John Ewing had a tweet, interesting tweet, uh, BetMGM. uh, NFL win totals right now, updating that. Uh, Most bet overs, ticket count, Lions over five, Broncos over eight and a half, Eagles over six and a half. Uh, Most bet unders right now, Steelers under eight and a half. Jaguars under six and a half, Jets under six as well
2: yeah these are interesting Pritch and I want to give John Ewing our buddy uh, tip of the cap here because uh, he sends us a lot of this data and he sent something today that was really interesting it was basically a rundown of all the NFL teams and their win totals and not only the their actual win total in the juice but the ticket handle and the money handle and what I've spent all day uh, and I talked about this on the Market Insights podcast today is I'm looking for betting discrepancy uh, bet first dollar splits so what I'm looking at by what I mean by that is a team that's getting a low amount of bets but a much higher percent of dollars or handle uh, where the juice kind of coincides with with what we're looking at with the low bets higher dollars. So uh, for example your Pritch, Baltimore Ravens would be a one that caught my eye. Uh, the over 11. Now we, we've heard a lot about um, you know Lamar Jackson. He has, He's not vaccinated. He sounds like he still doesn't want to get vaccinated. He's had issues with COVID. He's missed a lot of practices. I think right now maybe there's some kind of like anti Ravens you know concern out there. Uh, but here's what I'm what I'm getting at Pritch. The Ravens have the biggest bets versus dollar discrepancy of any win total this year the Ravens win total is 11 juiced up over minus 120 but here's the thing uh they went go 11 to 5 last year um even though they have the second hardest schedule this year which worries me a little bit based on their uh, opponent's records last year 152 and 118 563 it looks like the sharps aren't concerned because right now with that over 11 and a half uh, over 11 win total, it's getting 42% of bets. So the public's on the under, but the overs getting 76% of money, Pritch. So only 42% bets, but 76% money that tells me that it's kind of that contrarian with that sharp movement to the over. That's a 34% discrepancy play. Mm -hmm. So again, these are the little things where, you know, take your bias out of it, take your concern for Lamar Jackson out of it. What are the wise guys who are betting these win totals? and who are projecting their numbers versus what the odds makers have and they're getting down when they see an edge again over 11 minus 120 Only uh, 42% of bets on the over, but 76% of money. That's just one example. And I got a bunch more here, Pritch, we can hit on if you want. Uh, But that's something I'm looking for. Low bets, higher dollars. Tells me uh, the public isn't really high in it, but the big money wagers are high in it. To me, that's a great way to look at these win totals. No, I
4: love that info. That's outstanding, to be honest with you. What about the line movement, though, from the Broncos' standpoint, 7.5 to 8.5? Uh, That's significant. I mean, a lot of people thought Aaron Rodgers could land with Denver, the Broncos. But uh, Broncos, that roster, really good. Maybe a quarterback away, but yet they still have that quarterback competition taking place.
2: Yeah, great point by you, Pritch. And again, we're still looking at that QB competition odds right now. Drew Locke is a plus 100, even okay. favorite here. Teddy Two Gloves is, is plus 120, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think in terms of the line movement, what I would keep an eye out here is that if you didn't get the triggering number, I think you're late to the party, and to me it becomes a layoff. It doesn't mean you automatically go the other way and now bet the under. But, for example, like Broncos open 7.5. Mm-hmm. Maybe part of it was speculation that they could get Aaron Rodgers or uh, you know Deshaun Watson, barring his legal situation. Uh, but a really, really strong roster with a team that seems to be on the rise with a lot of you know high draft picks, especially on offense. Looks like, and again, a lot of guys coming back from injury. Von Miller, Chubb, a lot of these guys. Uh, but again, the point is, oh, if you got the over seven and a half, you're feeling good. Even an eight, you can consider that a full a full win. Ooh, right, Pritch, That's that's huge. That's really. That's a big, big change there. So to me, if you're betting over eight and a half, you are really, really late to the party. Like yeah. we talk about it in baseball, a team that gets steam, you know, minus 150 to minus 200. It's like, yeah, they're getting respected money, but I'm really getting the worst of it now. To me, I don't think I can endorse an over eight and a half with uh, with the Broncos. Maybe they win nine games and it doesn't matter. But if you consistently bet win totals that have moved a full a full game and you're getting the worst of it, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to be a successful better long term doing that.
4: No, not at all. You just mentioned Drew Locke becoming that favorite and uh, ahead of Teddy two gloves. I mean, guys that you need to follow, Mike Kliss, Troy Rank, Andrew Mason. Uh, Denver media is all over this quarterback competition. So if you want any insight, any information right there that can help you make that bet, Uh, Follow those guys on Twitter. They are outstanding. When it comes to covering the Broncos, uh, they will find every single detail as well. Local talk radio, too, if you can tune in. uh, Local talk radio, they're outstanding that way, too, when it comes to the Broncos. It's Broncos country. So you're going to get every angle you can find. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live from Las Vegas. You're the host, live from Boston, Josh Applebaum. We are presented by BetMGM. Uh, So celebrity sighting. Over there at Patriots uh, training camp, Josh Applebaum, uh, people were amazed that, that they saw you out there. How about that? Josh Applebaum was at Patriots training camp. Uh, what did you see?
2: What did you find out? How can you help us as betters? Yeah. So Pritch, so uh, I had a little downtime after Lombardi line and uh, I'm only about 45 minutes away from Foxborough. So I live in a suburb of Boston called Burlington, Foxborough. If anyone knows, like Foxborough is not in Boston. A lot of people think, you know, uh, all the stadiums are around there. No, it's kind of in the boonies around yes it is. <laughs> like 30 minutes. And Pritch, yeah, you played there, probably the old stadium, right? Yep. And uh, again, you know, this is uh, kind of, it's weird. You got to take one specific uh, road and it's just kind of wonky. Uh, but anyway, it was a beautiful day. Uh, I, I looked to my fiance, Elise, I said, Said, hey, you want to go to Pat's training camp? It's free. You don't have to pay for parking. So we got in the car. We drove there. It was only about 40 minutes away. Uh, Had a great time. But Pritch, couple observations. Uh, Number one, there is the buzz is way down with the Patriots right now. I used to go to training camp uh, with my boys back in my early 20s. We'd all go and see Tom Brady, and it was like rock star. You know, it was like uh, you know somebody famous. It was like a president or someone. And you know, the the stands are are filled. Everyone's there cheering on every little play. They're going nuts. It was dead. It, there was no buzz, Pritch. There was nothing going on. It was a great day, and I was happy that we could just, you know, hang out on the grass and, and watch practice. Uh, but the lack of buzz, the missing Tom Brady, was definitely notable. But <laughs> Welcome in terms to the of, real world now, right? <laughs> exactly, Pritch. And it's like it's like Belichick's the biggest star, seriously. Okay. And uh, you know, you see him hanging out. He's sitting, he's uh, standing next to um, uh, Patricia there. But a couple things caught my eye, Pritch. And you know, this kind of goes to the QB competition odds. I was laser focused on Mac Jones and Cam Newton. They were going back and forth. And this is kind of cool. You know, I was a little upset that like there was no buzz, but also we could, you know, reach out and, you know, almost touch these players and there's no one near us. It was actually really cool, but I'm watching them interact. Number one, Cam Newton, huge guy. I mean, I didn't really realize how big of a uh, physical specimen this guy was. Yeah. He's bouncing around. He's got a lot of love from his teammates, and he really gets his team going. So you can tell they really like him. Um, but these accuracy drills, it was very glaring that Mac Jones was the much more accurate quarterback. Like I can't tell you, like you know, Cam was 10 of 12, and you know, Mac Jones was 15 of 16. I don't have those numbers for you, but just anecdotally, Mac Jones in all these drills is putting the ball right where it needs to be. These guys are making slant cuts. He's he's anticipating it, mm-hmm. and his accuracy really really stood out for me there Pritch and going to um, you know what kind of what we expect of the Patriots this year uh, I go back to these John Ewing uh, bet discrepancy plays New England even though I'm a Patriots fan Pritch their win total is nine and a half uh, and I think you're going to see a a better year than seven and nine last year even if you go Cam Newton starting you got to think he's going to be better than last year Um, spent all this money in free agency when do we see Mac Jones still we're seeing Cam Newton a minus 350 favorite to take the first snap Mac Jones is a plus 250 dog But Pritch with the Patriots, the total win total is nine and a half. Here's what's interesting: the under is juiced up minus 125. The under is only getting 40% of bets, but it accounts for 55% of the money. So following this discrepancy, low bets, higher dollars, looks to me like kind of the respected money, hate to say it, is on the under with my Patriots here. Maybe going nine and eight, you know, battling for a playoff spot. But again, public's on the over, yet the juice and the more money is on the under. I'd be leaning under nine and a half with the Patriots right now. So
4: taking your bias out of it, what you saw at training camp, though, from a betters perspective, uh, Cam Newton still going
2: to lead the way here and start week one? I think so. Okay. Yeah, he, you know, they were kind of splitting the reps a lot, Pritch. And, you know, one thing I would say is Nikhil Harry, a guy who uh, I was like, man, uh, you know, you know a crazy move of demanding a trade against Belichick uh, early in the training camp. But he really jumped out. Nikhil Harry is a guy who made a, a bunch of really impressive catches. But to me, Pritch, you know, especially with the, with his prop bet, who's going to start week one first snap? I think cam is the play because not only is it a veteran and I know Belichick will be more comfortable going with a veteran uh, versus a rookie. Uh, and also, again, it's hard to start a rookie, have him uh, really struggle and then go back to the veteran. You kind of ruin both players at that point. But I think it's really important who they're playing week one. It's the Miami dolphins. We've seen the Patriots go minus two up to minus two and a half against Miami. I think if they go to minus three, you'll probably get some Miami plus three buyback as a road division dog with a high total. But I keep going back to last year, Pritch. The season started pretty well last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Patriots won I think twenty-one ten, something like that. Week one against Miami in Foxborough, Cam ran the ball, threw the ball, everything looked good. You're getting that same opponent from last year. I think that's added confidence for Cam Newton and Belichick to stick with Cam Newton. So I know it's a big number, but the minus three fifty with Cam. I think you see Mac Jones at some point during the year, maybe sooner than we think, if his if his accuracy is so much better than Cam. But I think for the prop itself, who will start week one, I think it's going to be Cam Newton. All right, quarterbacks throw the ball. Last time I checked, and if his accuracy
4: is that much better than Cam Newton, I don't know what the holdup is, uh, to be honest with you. Let him learn. I mean, he's a a guy that won a national championship at a high-profile program. Uh, Same thing in Cam Newton as well. He's a first-round draft choice. Uh, I don't know why these coaches would baby uh, that situation, in particular against the Dolphins. I mean, on the other side is Tua. Uh, But yet, I I get it. Uh, Cam Newton, give him a chance uh, to hold on to that job, I guess. At this point, though, to me, Cam Newton's—he's uh, a big running back. That's what he is uh, in the league. He's no longer—he's hit that ceiling in terms of a pocket passer, and I don't know if he'll improve that way.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great point by you, Pritch. You know, again, you're th- you're expecting Cam, He really in a way, and again, I watched all the Patriots games last year. It's hard for him to be worse than he was last year, <laughs> especially going to a new team. And no yeah. offense, I actually, I really like Cam Newton. People were begging for his autograph, and he right. said, I'm sorry, I can't, COVID, I'll get fined, I right. can't do it. Um, and, and again, more Cam Newton jerseys than I thought at at training camp here, but I think he, he'll be a little bit better. But I think the point with Mac Jones is, uh, and my fiance, Elise, mentioned this, he's kind of small, Pritch. Maybe okay. it's just because he's standing next to Cam Nguyen, or I saw Trent Brown, who's probably the biggest human being I've ever seen. Uh, but he's kind of a slight guy. He his, his legs are kind of skinny. He's mm-hmm. barking out these signals. His voice cracks kind of like a, you know, a, you know, a young, a young guy, like, you know, adolescent type situation. So the accuracy jumps out to you, but I think just the, um, you know, getting your body physically ready for to go from Alabama uh, to, uh, you know, to the NFL, to me, it's noticeable. I think he's got to gain some weight. I think he's got to get stronger. And maybe with Belichick, that's a reason why he says, Hey, all things being equal, I'm going to go with the veteran week one. Okay. That
4: makes sense to me, right? Right there, that's great insight. That's great information right there. Needing to know that about Mac Jones, uh, but you get that when you show up at training camp like you did. Celebrity sighting, uh, Josh Applebaum. Uh, what camp? Fifteen of 19, 195 against the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, and then he ran the ball, Pritch. Yeah, okay. seriously, it's like uh, yeah, I think the under there I would keep an eye out for though. Seriously, these right. two teams, uh, two and zero the under last year it could be a low scoring game. But yeah, Pritch, not send the world on fire, but as long as you win, I think all, all that's all the that Belichick cares about.
4: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So the Washington football team coming off of a seven and nine uh, season last year, they got a new quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, looking at the the football team here, their win
2: total, uh, eight and a half. Josh, the over minus one twenty. This is a play to the over for me, Pritch. I'm bullish on the Washington football team. I think this is a team that uh, was kind of a quarterback away. You know, you look at this defense and what they've done, and I gotta give them a lot of credit because they were kind of bad for quite a bit here. They made that huge move for RG3, giving up all those picks back in the day. And then they were kind of bottomed out after RG3 got hurt, and they devoted pretty much all their first round picks to defensive linemen. Now you've built an absolute juggernaut on the defensive line. I think Chase Young is a candidate here to lead the league in sacks. I think he's like plus 800. Maybe something like that, but now you bring in Fitzmagic, and again, I'm a Fitzmagic fan, Pritch. Um, I, I totally admit, you know, he's, he's he's no Patrick Mahomes, but I think you're not asking him to do a ton here. You can lean on this really good defense. You don't have to put up, you know, 45 points a game to win. You can put up 24, or 28 points and win a lot of these games with this really good defense here. Uh, this would be also a bet versus dollar discrepancy overplay for me because if you look at the win total, Pritch, seven and nine last year. But this year, eight and a half over minus 120. So just from a juice perspective and kind of this wide open NFC East, you're, you're seeing some liability to the over, maybe going nine and eight here. But here's the thing, 66% of bets are on the over. So it's a public play. I don't mm-hmm. love that but it accounts for 75% of the money. So you still have that low bets, higher dollar discrepancy situation. Uh, And again, I think with Fitzmagic not having to do a ton here, I like this team to win nine games. I would go over eight and a half, but what's your outlook here, Pritch? Are you bullish on on the WFT as we should call it? Well, kind of, but then
4: I, I think about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so his ninth team that he started for He's never made the playoffs as a starter, uh, certainly. And, okay, you're you're taking the football team, who a lot of people feel like they're poised to make the playoffs this year. Offensive line is improved. I think it's one of the most underrated offensive lines in the National Football League. They got weapons out there galore. Uh, Then defensively, one of the top ten defenses perhaps is here. So uh, a lot to like about the football team, but then it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's Fitzmagic, and then there's betting on Ryan Fitzpatrick to finally make the playoffs as a starter. Uh, And that's what I would be banking on as a better looking at the uh, Washington football team.
2: Yeah, I think that does give you some pause here, Pritch. You know, one thing, though, if you want to bank on this, uh, is that decent backup behind him, Taylor Heineke. This mm-hmm. is a guy that we saw in the, uh, in, you know, in the bright lights of a playoff game last year against Tom Brady at home. Heineke played great. I remember, I, I bet on him plus the points that game. I think they were plus eight. They end up covering that number. And Heineke really showed you something. Kind of a gritty guy who uh, now, now that he's gotten his feet wet a little bit, you know, played in the league a bit, played in a playoff game. If Fitzpatrick struggles, if he gets hurt, and I think Fitzpatrick, what is he 37 38 Pritch I think he's getting up there in age uh at least you can bank on maybe Heineke as a a worthwhile backup not just a you know a token backup I think a guy who could if you put him in there could really make some moves you know looking at some of these other odds from the, the the football team you know to make the playoffs plus 120 I could be intrigued by that that's kind of a decent little payout there um and I think you know based on what the odds are telling you this is a first or second place team. So if you want to look at them, you know, winning the division uh, plus 220, that could be worth a look going uh Coming in second, plus 200, mm-hmm. uh, and then plus 250 third. You look at a lot of these numbers, and I think just the fact that this division is wide open, and you're kind of you know building something slowly here with this new Chase Young defense. I like this team. I think this team has a lot of weapons, and you mentioned offensively Terry McLaurin, adding Curtis Samuel. We're both high on Gibson, the running back. I think this team is bringing in a lot of good parts uh, that I think Ron Rivera in year two can kind of lean on. Uh, so to me, Pritch, it's the over eight and a half, and I would dabble with you know playoffs plus 120 division plus 220 something like that
4: okay considering that division Curtis Samuel right now got a little injury we'll see his status coming up I mean a lot of guys getting banged up too uh, and that's going to be the norm we we got preseason football we got to factor that in the bumps and bruises uh, of the offseason so with the Washington football team too though Josh considering that division they're plus 220 to win it what do you think about that
2: I kind of like that. Okay. To me, it's between the Giants and the football team. I really don't think, you know, looking at these these other clubs here, the Cowboys, to me, uh, are, are kind of favored, and they're just kind of the, we talk about the pinstripes with the Yankees. It's the star with the Cowboys. They're going to consistently get a lot of public love because they're the Cowboys. You still think of them as the, uh, you know, the early Jerry Jones days, the Jimmy Johnson days, winning all those Super Bowls early with Emmitt Smith and Irvin and Aikman, uh, and they're kind of a big market club. But that kind of goes against them in a way. Uh, they're going to get a lot of love, but really not none. I'm not seeing like any sharp moves to win totals to division odds with the Cowboys. To me, they're just kind of a public bet. Uh, and again, you know, what are you gonna get from Dak? He's already got this shoulder issue. Sounds like he's getting better, but still not something you want to, you want to hear about when you missed him for most of the last year, their defense, Micah Parsons could be worth a look for uh for defensive player, of the, or uh defensive rookie of the year. I think he's plus 300, something like that bridge. We saw him in the hall of fame game. This guy can make a ton of tackles to get that award, but to me, and then, also, the Eagles, what are you going to get from the Eagles? The interesting thing is I think there's six, six, six and a half win total. It's actually juiced up over. The Eagles, by the way, have the easiest schedule of any NFL team, uh, but to me, Putting the Eagles aside, questions of a new head coach, the issues with the Cowboys, with with Dak Prescott, I think it's Giants or football team. So if you're going to target this division, Giants are also juiced up over seven. I think it's minus 130. I'd be looking at either the football team or the Giants to win the NFC so you can get decent, you know, around plus 200 for both those teams. McLaurin receiving yards, 1,200
4: and a half, receiving touchdown six. Uh, Antonio Gibson rushing yards, a thousand twenty-five and a half, too. One thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, as we look at his thirty, nine hundred and a half passing yards, passing touchdowns, twenty-three and a half. So his tenure with Buffalo, when he became a full-time starter, he did have thirty-eight thirty-two in terms of passing yards, but he went twenty-four touchdowns and twenty-three interceptions. <laughs> uh, he backed that up with thirty-four hundred yards. This is a full-time starter. Uh, 24 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, uh, first year in New York as a full-time starter, just completing 58% of his passes, but 3,905 passing yards, 31 touchdowns to 15 interceptions with a horrible team. So, I, I mean, there is some Fitz magic out there. Uh, if they can capture it, maybe successful follow for the uh, Washington football team.
2: Yeah. Great point by you Pritchett. And Again, this is a guy that has played for a million different teams has put up <laughs> a lot of numbers, never been to the playoffs, but yeah. uh, to me, I think those numbers are attainable 3,900 and a half uh, passing yards, the over 23 and a half touchdowns to me, that could be worth a look. You know, your only concern is, does he struggle? You know, uh, do they have a lackluster start? Do they go to Heineke? Does he get injured? That, you know, again, that's something you have to worry about uh, with, with most quarterbacks other than like Brady, Russell Wilson, Rodgers, you know, Mahomes—the guys you know will play every game. Uh, but I like that over 23 and a half touchdowns. To me, uh, with a guy like McLaurin, a lot of red zone targets. Logan Thomas, a, a tight end who's actually become a pretty good tight end overall. I think can, can he get you 24 touchdowns? I think that's definitely doable. And then Terry McLaurin, uh, give me the over McLaurin 1200 uh, yards and, and a half right there. 87 catches, 1118 yards last year with a kind of a carousel of different quarterbacks. If you can rely on Fitz Magic and, and no that you're going to get this veteran who can uh, get you the ball where you want it, throw it a little bit deeper Mm downfield. I think you can break 1,200 receiving yards. I'd be looking at that McLaurin over. And, and Pritch, I think you like that Curtis Samuel over as long as he's healthy. As long as he's
4: healthy. As long as he's healthy. I mean, familiarity with that offense. Uh, And then you got Fitzpatrick who's going to sling it. Uh, He's not going to be afraid. Uh, That guy will stand in a pocket, take a hit, and deliver it. And that's another thing, like you mentioned, Heineke, keep an eye on that Uh, availability for Fitzpatrick, too, because he will play with uh, house money. Uh, I think he'll play that way this year. So keep an eye on Heineke and how he develops uh, throughout the preseason, too. Ron Rivera, Coach of the Year 20-1. to Uh, Do you like that at all?
2: That could be a possibility. I think you have kind of just the, uh, we always talk about And Derek Cardi was talking about uh, MV, MVP and different Cy Youngs for MLB, mm-hmm. how the voters react. If Ron Rivera has a really good year, he'd just be cancer. Right. I mean, he, I could see him being kind of the, the guy to get behind. Jabin Davis, plus 900, defensive rookie of the year. He could have a ton of tackles. And also like that, uh, that Chase Young over eight and a half sacks. I think Young gets double digit sacks in his sophomore yeah, year. Yeah,
4: he's a beast, man. Um, <laughs> top five defense in terms of scoring only allowed 20 points a game last year looking to build on that Uh, coming back uh, on the program uh, any any chalk action when it comes to the college football playoffs teams that reach uh, the college football playoffs are do are there sleepers out there we'll go over that next Instant Match searches through millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Get more at Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So, Josh, when it comes to uh, college football playoffs, uh, we got odds to reach the playoffs here via BetMGM. I mean, it's chalky, I think. I mean, most people, when you got Clemson, they're minus 1,000, Alabama minus 350, Clemson with that weak uh, ACC, I guess. Uh, Alabama minus 350, Ohio State minus 275, Oklahoma minus 225. Any chance of taking a, a shot here at anybody else on the board? We got Georgia at plus 160, a uh, and at plus 500, just teams that are standing out to me a little bit. SC uh, out there in Southern California at plus 600 as well.
2: Yeah, so I think first off, Pritch, we got to start with Clemson because they're a huge favorite here, minus a thousand. Uh, to me, this is an unbettable number. It's right. kind of like Cade Cunningham going first overall in the draft. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence first overall last year's draft in the NFL. It's something that is mo- very likely to happen. But as a better, we look for value. There's really no value in laying a minus a thousand, tying up your bankroll for mo- you know for six months and then really not getting anything in the back end uh, when you're trying to get a payout. So even though it's the most likely outcome, to me, I'm not going to play it. There's just no value there. The juice isn't worth the squeeze now Alabama minus 350 that intrigues me that's kind of right on the edge of a number that's like I think it's a true odds type situation mm-hmm. I think Alabama you know is a great chance obviously to make the playoffs right now they're the favorite to win the national title at plus 250 maybe you take a shot on that bet instead of this one you know the couple that caught my eye Pritch, uh, and again this is chalky these are minus numbers but typically in this market you see a lot of these chalk favorites the teams that we expect to be very good uh, typically are the, the the teams that are really good this this year so uh looking at ohio state and oklahoma i could be intrigued by them we're getting a little bit lower here so ohio state at minus 275 to make the playoffs uh they are uh win total right now of 11 juiced up over minus 115. Also, uh, you don't have to worry about the SEC. There's kind of an opening here with Ohio State, even though they lose Justin Fields, minus 275, I'd be willing to bet that. Uh, And then Oklahoma caught my eye, minus 225. That might be one of my favorite bets here, Pritch. You're getting a a minus 225, so it's not a 275 with the Buckeyes, a 350 with Bama, a minus 1,000. It's a a minus number, but it's not crazy overwhelming. And if you look at Oklahoma, uh, we know Spencer Rattler, you know, favorite here to win the Heisman. You still have Lincoln Riley. I think they're going to make a lot of hay in that conference, uh, their win total is 11, juiced up over minus 120, so that's a high win total, one of the highest in, in college football, with a juiced up over, that's telling me that the oddsmakers expect a big year from Oklahoma, so I can be intrigued by that, and then Pritch, if you're looking for a dog, I think Georgia could have a, a situational spot here, you know, over uh, over win total 10 and a half is minus 125, so expecting a big year from Georgia, in, in the eyes of the oddsmakers, you're getting plus six, 160, you're getting plus money to make the playoff here. Mm -hmm. obviously SEC you're gonna have to fight all these really good teams but looking at Georgia they have the third best odds to win the national title plus 500 you have Alabama plus 250 the favorite Clemson plus 450 and Georgia plus 500 I think if I'm making a plus money bet there to make it I'll take the plus 160 with the Bulldogs
4: what's interesting to me is Clemson and Alabama both the favorites here with young quarterbacks I mean, we saw DJ, what, one game last year for Clemson? They're minus 1,000, and yet uh, the benefit of the doubt is going to go to Clemson. Alabama with a new quarterback, a young quarterback. Was he a freshman? Uh, the kid from Alabama or playing for Alabama this year. So I, I don't – I mean, Ohio State, same thing, minus 275 with a, a vet, with a new quarterback. The only veteran on the board, I guess, is Spencer Rattler, minus 225. But yet then Georgia – Uh, Plus 160 with the new quarterback, but you had a good roster, though. Good starting team up there, starting defense. We'll, We'll get all the information we need that week one, Georgia versus Clemson, though.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot in that opening uh, game there, Pritch. And uh, you bring up a good point here. Kind of, uh, we talk about these college kids as 18, 19, 20-year-olds, but mm-hmm. Rattler is your veteran quarterback, right. so to speak. I think it's a great point by you. Uh, a guy who's again the Heisman favorite. But if you're going to bet one of these teams that has a, a turnover at quarterback or a younger quarterback with not a lot of experience, Rattler is the guy that maybe you can lean on here a bit. And I think you made a great point with Clemson. Like, why are they such a favorite? Because the conference they play in isn't very good, the ACC. So I think that's a big reason why. But uh, Pritch, any of these other you? I know you're, we're up against it, but Texas A&M plus 500, Oregon plus 600, US, any of these uh, teams catch your eye? Uh, SC a little bit. Uh, I want to
4: see how they develop uh, because coming out of the Pac-12, I think the Pac-12 is going to be more competitive, sp- certainly with Oregon. So you have that matchup SC-Oregon perhaps down the line uh, that sets up one of those two teams making the playoffs for sure. Uh, Georgia is intriguing to me too. I- I'm high on Georgia to be honest with you this year. Uh, these quarterback situations, when that pressure starts to mount, for
2: those young quarterbacks, you wonder how they're going to handle that. I'm right there with you, Pritch. And again, you just got to uh, face adversity early, yep. show you can handle it. I think that's where the confidence comes from. VP
4: of Digital Content Ben Fox in studio with this coming up next right here on VSEN at the Sports Betting Network. The v College Football Betting Guide is here. So start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every single team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access v subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football guide for only $19.99. Or start your free all-access trial today at com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by GM Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. And in studio with us right now is VP of Digital Content, Ben Fox. Ben, how are you? Doing well, fellas. I got to say, just got to give a little shout out
5: to Josh here, getting the fiance to do some scouting. I mean, this is this is impressive. Now, I don't know whether she's talking up Nikhil Harry or you are. Uh, I'm not really sure. Trying to increase that trade value after you requested a trade earlier. I know he's been good in training camp, but just props to you and the fiance for doing some scouting. I'm very impressed. I'm taking notes over here.
2: Well, thank you, Ben. Hey, it was only 40 minutes away. I bribed her with a nice lunch at Patriots Place and some uh, you know, some adult beverages, watching practice. It was a beautiful sunny day. It was a little getaway day for us, Ben, but I appreciate it, man. Little tip, baby, maybe you can take you and your fiancé to uh, to the Raiders uh, practice here. You can meet up with Patrick Maher.
5: There you go. I might, might not even need to bribe her with adult uh, beverages. You no, know? not yeah. at all. I mean, in yeah.
4: Vegas, too, that would be a nice little outing right there. That would be perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> uh, some big news uh, from the betting world, uh, Ben. Uh, DraftKings acquires Golden Nugget. What do you have with this development?
5: Yeah, all all of a sudden uh, there's a kind of a ton of news on a Monday morning, mm-hmm. and a, there's always some, right? right. Um, kind of that, or the Friday afternoon news dumps. Um, but this was certainly a big one. Uh, DraftKings acquiring the Golden Nugget online gaming, uh, just 1.56 billion. That's it? you know that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all it. That's okay. all it is. Um, <laughs> this is a big deal, kind of on several fronts. The first, obviously, a giant deal for the you know potentially DraftKings stock and Uh, Golden Nugget stock, but really for the sports betting uh, aspect, it's one that this is Tillman Fertitta who owns Golden Nugget. So again, when sports betting eventually goes to Texas, which may be 2025, 2024, it's going to be a little while. That's a potential in in the state. And more importantly immediately, it gives DraftKings potentially an in with the golden nugget here in Nevada. DraftKings and FanDuel, two of the biggest operators, not in Nevada as of yet. This would give DraftKings kind of the one up there uh, and as well as a basically five million million. Uh, customer list that DraftKings now has access to mm-hmm. will also help in the iGaming space. But so a big deal for iGaming, big deal for sports betting, certainly, and DraftKings, and in Nevada, and then in other states as well. Mm.
2: Ben, talk to me about another big story that you've been tracking. Uh, I saw you tweet this from your Twitter account, but uh, Arizona. Arizona's a state that we saw go legal kind of out of the blue. You know, I look at this stuff, too, and it's like they weren't really a state that was really, uh, you know, kind of the low-hanging fruit we expected to legalize, but they did it very quickly, and I think they it sounds like they did a really good job because there's going to be, I think, like 20-plus different uh, mobile platforms so you to be able to shop for the best line, which is great news for betters. So instead of, you know, the lottery screwing it up and making you pay like a minus 150 juice price, the competition and looks to be really good in Arizona, but it sounds like they're going to have a lot of different uh, sponsorships. There's going to be a stadium sports book there with the Cardinals. What are you hearing about Arizona? It sounds pretty exciting to me.
5: Yeah, Arizona is really fascinating for a lot of reasons. So we're now sitting here on August 9th. One month from today, September 9th, is not only the NFL kickoff, uh, but also supposed to be when sports betting launches in Arizona. And basically, Arizona, to me, Almost is like New Jersey. Uh, It's almost sports betting 2.0, I would say, in terms of the market. So you have both. It's not only retail. It's all of these books with online. Mm -hmm. So they're all partnering with people to just get online access into the state. And then you also have all of these retail locations at professional sports arenas. Which again was not really the case in New Jersey. You have the Meadowlands book for FanDuel, but not really. That wasn't out of the gate kind right. of, and even before the state went live. And you've already seen this in New Jersey today. The NFL, the Cardinals, basically partnering uh, with BetMGM, and they're going to have a retail book at. The Cardinals arena potentially not this season but next season which is the first NFL team that would have a retail book at the arena again there's plans kind of all over the U.S. but specifically in Arizona we just have DraftKings partnered with TBC Scottsdale to have a retail book there you bet MGM which I just mentioned Caesars partnered with uh, the Diamondbacks for Chase Field they'll have one there FanDuel the Phoenix Suns arena they'll have one there Barstool Phoenix Raceway they'll have one there so again PGA NFL MLB NBA, all now with potential retail books in Arizona, just shaping up to be a really interesting environment. And as Josh said, having all of those online books in there is really going to be kind of one of the first, you know, equitable marketplaces where just, you know, we're going to really see kind of who stands out going into Arizona as they launch potentially a month from now.
4: Well, you have uh, other companies like William Hill. They got a sports book at uh, Verizon Center. Yep. Uh, DraftKings looking to build a book
5: uh, at Wrigley? Wrigley Field, yeah. Wow. So the the William Hill one is the first one right. in D.C., and that one, again, was uh, starting to be opened, obviously, with COVID. Mm-hmm. They had to kind of restrict that and then just open that, so that obviously is NBA team, NHL team, and today with BetMGM, the first NFL team. And again— you know, I don't want to get on the soapbox too much here, but <laughs> 9 years ago the NFL was suing New Jersey not to have any sports betting. Only right. a couple years ago they did not want a fantasy football convention. Mm-hmm. With Tony Romo because it was in Las Vegas that was the only reason they did not want it association with gambling now we have the Raiders all of a sudden going into Vegas new stadium now the NFL again with partnering with three different sports book operators earlier this year and now we have a team the team level we have a retail sports book going in next year for the Arizona Cardinals again just didn't, just putting it out there, you know, maybe money talks. Uh, maybe there's some money in gambling. I'm not sure, but the NFL seems to have come around yeah. a little bit on this growth, whole
4: sports betting thing. Growth talks when it comes to these
5: owners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very true.
2: You're totally right, Ben. And hey, uh, the integrity of the game, I guess that's not a concern anymore. They leaned on that for, uh, it feels like decades. But Ben, we're up against it. Tell me more about uh, this other thing we're seeing where uh, really celebrity athletes are partnering with different sports books. You know, for example, like Wayne Gretzky with BetMGM, uh, Michael Jordan with DraftKings. Any of these um, connections surprise you, jump out to you? Who do you think is going to be the, the best spokesperson, famous person with all these different books? Kind of like an arms race, trying to get uh, the most popular person to, to kind of tout their their. Uh, their platform.
5: Yeah. So today, the big one was uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who I think is partnered with 47 different companies. Seems to be everywhere. <laughs> everywhere you go, but, it's uh, a Shaq something. He, he's actually partnered with PointsBet <laughs> in Australia. Strictly, he now is partnered with WinBet in the U.S. Uh, I think he'll be a great one. Marshawn Lynch just recently signed with BetMGM. I think he'll be a very interesting one. But we've just seen more and more of this, including one that I'd miss, uh, Lino Messi in June with Hard Rock uh, in Florida, New Jersey, a couple other places. So, again, that we've seen with athletes kind of staying away from sports Mm -hmm. betting, now seeing that there's a check out there to be made. It's not going to affect Hall of Fame or anything. They're all in.
4: Not worried about the integrity of anything anymore. <laughs> when it comes to growth in the gaming industry, it's amazing, all over the place. Can you stick uh, with us here and see you? Yeah. Okay, awesome, because there's a story out, uh, or actually, there's a situation I want to get to. Uh, it involves the Houston Texans because a lot of people are down on them, but you might convince us to bet the over. It's coming up next. We all like summer Fridays, right? Well, here's a good reason to love summer Mondays at BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks. BetMGM's Money Monday Club will add a $10 free bet automatically to your account when you place a total of $50 in wagers between Monday and Sunday. Take advantage of BetMGM's boosted Odd specials unique parlay offers, daily promotions, and live betting action. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com to be part of the Money Monday Club. Wake up to a $10 free bet every Monday just for betting $50 during the previous seven days. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. And so is Ben Fox, VP of Digital Content with us here in studio. So I'm going to ask Ben the question first, Josh, and then I'll pose it to you as well. So um, everybody's down on the Texans uh, hitting the under. And, you know, it went up, what? It was four and a half at DraftKings. Now as four. So should we go contrarian and bet the over here? Uh, so I'll ask Ben first. What do you think? Well, I'll
5: you know get on the soapbox again a little bit, and then I'll o- I'll open it up for Josh. I know he's the contrarian. So just starting to do some research. Uh, you know, we'll have the Veasan NFL betting guide out in a couple weeks. Obviously, everyone should pick up the college guide. Uh, but just starting to go through some kind of some research. Obviously, a seventeen-game season this year instead of sixteen. But this to me, even at four and a half seemed high and even at four still seems high for kind of a couple reasons. The first is just the talent level. So the Texans had two big trades. They moved up for Deshaun Watson and they traded away a bunch of picks for Laramie Tunsil. That basically means in the last four drafts, they've had one first round pick. They didn't have a one or a two this year. Their first pick was Davis Mills, the third-round mm-hmm. quarterback, who's probably the backup. So, again, uh, football outsiders ranked all 32 teams by under 25 talent. In terms of blue-chip players, the Texans had zero. <laughs> so they're last in terms of under 25 talent. Pro football, fanc- pro football Focus excuse me, ranked all the rosters as well. The Texans have the worst overall roster. So that, to me, tells me they don't have a lot of overall talent. Okay. They also don't have a lot of young talent. Their starting quarterback, right now, I guess, is Deshaun Watson. It seems very unlikely he's a either going to play for any NFL team this year, right. and b probably less likely he's playing for the Houston Texans, which, again, Tyrod uh, excuse me, Deshaun Watson was the twelfth best quarterback last year. Uh, by QBR, and the Texans went four and twelve, so they won four games with Deshaun Watson really kind of pulling out a couple games they couldn't otherwise have. They had the worst defensive line in the league, and that was with J.J. Watt. He's now in Arizona. Just again with all of that, and that's that's the talent, right? So that's that's number one. The second part is the schedule. They are a one-point home dog to the New York Jets. One of the few games the Jets are a favorite uh, in. They are a five and a half point dog or worse in 11 games. And that's with two games off the board against the Colts in which they will be an underdog depending on who uh, whoever is playing quarterback mm-hmm. for the Colts. And again, they start the season against the Jaguars as a two-and-a-half-point home underdog <laughs> to Trevor Lawrence, who has never has never started an right? NFL game, to Urban Meyer, who has never coached an NFL game, and to a Jacksonville team that I believe was 1-15 in 15 yeah. last season. <laughs> so with all of that, I just don't see how they're getting to, again, five wins, you're losing. Four wins is a push. Uh, I just don't see how they're getting there, again, unless there's a miraculous change and Deshaun Watson is their starting quarterback and even then five wins seems like a lot. So
4: I'll leave it I'll leave it open to you, Josh. Josh, this is right up your alley when it comes to contrarian play. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it is so i'll be honest with you guys i would love to tell you to say go contrarian don't believe the noise don't believe the hype take the over but i'm not going to do that i'm, I'm really not I, and i'm willing to it's not this isn't a play like uh that i am just want to be with the public with i think this is both a public kind of lean and thought toward the texans but also kind of big money on the texans under as well and ben you laid it all out here you know you look at the schedule and if we can throw it up uh, again britain you go through all these games uh i don't know who, who they can beat i mean the jaguars actually like them uh plus three if you 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 can get the key number plus three in that opening uh, week one game because that would be divisional dog, at home, low total. To me, that's a situational play, getting the three points. You have the Jaguars twice, you have the Jets once. I think even if you win all three games there, you still go under. I don't really see any other uh, possible upset opportunities. I mean, they have a really tough schedule overall. And one thing that I did notice, guys, four and a half down to four, you would have loved to have gotten the hook with the under four and a half. But even now, even though it fell four and a half to four, it's still juiced up under minus 115. So, despite uh, falling a half game, it's there's, there's not like they're going back over and saying, hey, four, uh, four over minus 115. It's still under. And if you look at these bet discrepancy plays from BetMGM uh, from our buddy John Ewing, 72% of bets are on the under four win total for Houston, which it's like, hey, that's public. I don't love that, but it accounts for 90% of the money. So, I think this is a situation where wise guys are saying, hey, we know the public thinks the Texans stink, and we would love to go contrarian and take advantage of public bias, but we're not going to outsmart ourselves. And to me, just 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 because the public thinks the Texans are going to be bad doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be. I just think going 4-12, what what Ben mentioned, with Watson, now, to me, it's a reset year. Kind of what the Patriots did last year, Casario taking over. I think you're going to clean house. You're going to figure out what you're going to do with Watson. This is a year where you reset your salary cap. You probably bottom out. You go for a top number one pick. Maybe you trade Watson. Maybe you draft Spencer Rattler. But, guys, I would love to be that guy who says, hold up. The the (laughs) over looks good. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm on the under. As well, I'm with you. That to me is going to be a very long season in Houston. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, fellas. I mean, okay, it's
4: down to four now. Uh, so they went four and twelve last year with Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell at coaches. I mean, true. They won four games last year with that combo. So they can't win four games. Okay, five games. I guess this year, if you're looking at the over now at four.
5: I mean, I think the big yeah. thing is just the roster yeah. and the quarterback. Right. Right. Yeah, so, they did have Deshaun last year. So Deshaun Watson was just so – because they were so bad, mm-hmm. I don't think enough people realized how good he actually was last right. year because it's like, wow, it's a team that's winning four games. But he actually was very good. And I think also, as we've seen in the kind of in the NBA and now we've seen right in the NFL, the best way to get back to the top is to bottom out. Mm-hmm. The Texans had no incentive to lose games in previous seasons because they didn't have their first-round pick. And they didn't have their second-round picks. Now they do. And, again, we've seen some of those other teams that are classically kind of bad, right? The Browns, Mm -hmm. they have Baker Mayfield. The Jets, they have Zach Wilson now. The Jaguars, they have Trevor Lawrence. All those teams, again, that doesn't mean they're going to be great, but they have a young quarterback that's playing. They're trying to win as many games as they can. I just think the Texans as well, their incentives kind of align to lose some of those games too. Combined with the bad quarterback play, I I know Adam Hill loves Tyra Taylor. So maybe you know, maybe he will have a Ty God, right? Exactly, exactly. So maybe (laughs) Ty God can get five wins out of them. Uh, but to me that's just again another reason to play the under.
2: I'm with you, Ben. And again, one, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Again, I don't really see many wins other than maybe beating the Jaguars twice, maybe beating the jets. You know, one thing I did want to mention real quick guys, I know we're up against it. Look at the week three game against the Panthers. Now, Ben mentioned how uh, basically the Texans are underdogs of like five points or more in almost every game. (laughs) I don't know what the line will be for that game. Maybe it's Panthers minus three, something like that. But the Panthers are one team in print. I want to throw this to you that I also noticed with a big bet. First dollar discrepancy play with their win total. You know, they go uh, five and 11, last year with Matt rule now they're going into year two with Matt rule they've spent almost all their draft picks on defense Uh, they bring in Sam Darnold but Pritch here's where it gets interesting their win total is seven and a half juiced up over minus 115 here's the interesting thing 55% of the bets are on the over, so it's kind of like the public doesn't know where to go, but 80% of the money is on the over with that win total for Carolina. So that's a a plus 25% uh, bet versus dollar discrepancy play. Also, they have the seventh easiest schedule this year. Mm -hmm. Their opponents from last year, 128 and 143, 472 win percentage. So Pritch, what do you think about Carolina? Maybe not in that particular game against the Texans, uh, but could they win eight games? Could they go eight and nine? A lot of liability and and juice and and bet bet versus dollar discrepancy looks like that over could be in play. I think they could, Josh. Uh,
4: Here's why. I think Matt Rule is a great coach, to be honest with you. I I think he's one of those guys that's going to make the transition from the college game into the National Football League uh, because he was able to start over with a blank canvas, really. I mean, there was no holdovers uh, to worry about. Now he's got his quarterback that they traded for. uh, So with Joe Brady, they're going to make it work offensively. Rule can focus on that defense. And then Christian McCaffrey, I think he's one of the better players uh, in the league, too. uh, And they have him for a number of years there too so i think the pieces are in place for them to be better than people expect they just have to get it done though
2: i'm with you pritch and, and real quick uh, i'll throw this one at you we're up against it but one uh, preseason game. We can hit on this later in the week that really caught my eye. Uh, Saturday night, Cleveland at Jacksonville, uh, Ben and Pritch. This was a really huge move toward the Jaguars. Cleveland opened minus four on the road at Jacksonville. The Jags are now minus two. I see a one and a half two. So that's a huge flip of all these preseason games coming up here. And it's a big week for preseason, especially Saturday night. That's the biggest move on the board. I think what you're hearing here, Michael and Barty mentioned earlier today, Brown's probably resting all their guys, right. not really playing anybody. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer and, and and Trevor Lawrence wanting to play these guys, wanting to start off on the right foot. There's incentive for Urban Meyer and the Jags to play well and kind of get this momentum moving in the right direction. To me, you know, at this point, do I want to lay the one and a half to minus two? Not really, but I would money line the Jaguars here. I think it's a game that means way more to them than it does the, the Cleveland Browns. And again, huge move to the Jags Saturday night, plus four, now minus two. And young guys versus old guys. Old guys going to sit.
5: <laughs> yeah, the NFL preseason just do not make a wager without reading up on whether the coach wants to win the game. It's all an information game. Do not just look at the two teams and say, "Oh my god, the, you know, this team is favored by 4 points over this team." You're not facing the full teams. Yeah. And like we like Josh just said, some teams really care about preseason. I've said it, you know, once, I've said it again. Remember all the Peyton and Colts teams, zero and four in the preseason, right. one and three, zero and four, twelve and four in the regular season. It just—it's a very different game. It's all about information and seeing again who are those backup wide receivers, backup quarterbacks, backup offensive linemen. Just make sure you're doing your research before you're doing it. Because like Josh said, it's a a six-point swing. Mm -hmm. That's
4: not going to happen usually week one games. Something (laughs) tells me Urban Meyer wants to win that first game. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's preseason or not, in particular against Cleveland. Got to get that good press going. That's right. Get the mojo going (laughs) in a positive way. Ben, thanks. Thanks so much. VP of Digital Content, Ben Fox, uh, right here on the program. Josh, that'll do it. show flew by. Good
2: luck with everything. Appreciate it, Pritch. Yeah, thank you to Ben. Pritch, great job as always. And uh, let's do it again tomorrow. What do you say? It sounds good to me. I'll meet you right here,
4: right here at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll see you.
0: if you dare.